0: 11.03, back at her, Dr. Pain Show. (laughs) What's going on, buddy? It's a new year. Same
1: old, yes, it is. More pain. Yes. Pain
0: all around. No no shortage of pain, that's for sure. So, what's new with you? It's cold. It's uh, slip and fall time. It's car accident time. And I was talking to a colleague of yours at the gym. Yep. And uh, the twins. Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, man, it's the WSIB. They got to turn people away. People are getting racked up in car accidents. People are getting hurt. It's They're lining up.
1: Yeah, well, WSIB is a little bit different than a car accident unless you drive for right. work, and then you have the option yep. of uh, opting out for if you're hurt in a car accident while you're driving um, at work. You have the option of either going through WSIB or the car insurer, that's, you right. know, there's debate for which one you want to do. I'm not a lawyer, so I, it's hard for me to comment on that, but I've uh, seen that a few times. And um, in all honesty, I've seen people that make one choice and then say I should I have sure. went the other way and vice versa. So it's, uh, you know, it's it, it really is up for debate on how that happens. But yeah, car accidents, obviously, uh, this time of the year are a very, very big thing. Uh, with the weather especially the way it's been lately it's it's been pretty bad I was uh, coming back from Blue Mountain last week and I must have seen five or six accidents just because of some snow so um, you know and then what, the thing the thing is when you're in a car accident the most important thing is obviously to make sure that you're fine that's mm-hmm. first and foremost so um you know don't wait go get checked out if you are in a car accident you know small little fender bender something that's minimal maybe is not as urgent but um there have been situations where people are in car accidents they don't think it's anything major and then they end up having some very serious injuries like if you notice anything like you know you have a bit of a headache after a car accident mm-hmm. that is absolutely something to go get checked out yeah sure 99.9 percent of the time whatever the stat is um it's just going to be a headache and nothing more but there is the chance that if you bang your head um, that you could have some type of more serious head trauma right. uh, and you want to make sure that you don't have anything like an internal bleed hemorrhaging in the brain because it does happen people have you know missed that uh, and thought you know i was in a car accident it's just a little bit of a headache from a sore muscle. Mm-hmm and then maybe you go to sleep, and maybe you never wake up again. Not not to scare people again, this is extremely rare, Uh, but that doesn't mean that rare is impossible. So definitely if you are having you know, headaches after some type of any type of trauma, really, where your head is involved, whether that's due to a car accident, a sporting event, um, a workplace a workplace accident, whatever, even if you're just at home, it is not something to take lightly. You should go get that checked out right away. Um, and, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to go straight to an emergency room either. Um, there's a lot of different professionals out there that can run some very quick neurological screens to to uh determine is there anything there that warrants you going to the emergency room, right? Because the job of the emergency room is essentially to uh, save your life if there is something there or to make sure that there is not something there. But that doesn't mean that right away you have to rush into an emergency room and wait there maybe six or seven hours. Now, obviously, if you've got very, very serious symptoms, things like you've got a headache uh, accompanied with weakness or numbness and tingling, specifically on one side of your body or maybe both, um, nausea, you know, blurry vision, loss of balance, all these weird symptoms that really doesn't take a doctor to know that sure. if you're feeling that, there's probably sure. something wrong. Those types of combination of symptoms can be pretty, pretty um, serious, and you that is definitely don't waste time. Call nine one one, get to a hospital, and and they'll um, do their job there in terms of confirming uh, what it could or could not be, and then administering the proper, um, you know, intervention to stop any type of whatever it may be, whether it's a stroke or a hemorrhage, which th- yeah. those things would be different for sure. So
0: what uh, what else happened this week
1: that we got to know about? Uh, yeah, so some interesting things that I want to touch upon this week. So, you know, one of the things that I've tried to do with the show is really to expedite um, care for people and uh, in, in the different th- injuries that they may have. In one area that I've been able to uh, start something, this is new for 2018, uh, which I think is very, very exciting, is knee pain. Knee pain is huge. Okay. It's, it's so... Every, I think I, almost everybody has some type of a knee issue. Nature of the joint, right? Yeah, in, in nature of the joint. It's a hinge joint in between two mobile joints. Um, so it's something that often has a lot of issues. The problem with the knee is, you know, the average person, let's just go through what the average person would do with a knee complaint. Person wakes up, one day they have some knee issue. They probably will leave it for a period of time yeah. before they even go, unless it's really bad. Uh, but they'll probably leave it. They won't think much of it. They'll walk it off. They'll walk it off. Go exactly. Ahead. And this, again, this is the the average type of person. They'll walk it off. Weeks, maybe months later, they realize this little nagging sensation isn't really getting better. In fact, it's it's actually getting worse. Next step is let's go to the family doctor, or usually yes. a walk-in clinic, because those are really the first points of contact. Yep. Um. Oftentimes, you're just referred for an x-ray. Really, x-rays, plain film radiographs are limited for what they can tell us about the knee. They're really going to tell us if there's a problem with the bones um, or if there's some early degenerative changes. But you're not going to get any information about the meniscus, the other ligaments, which is often where the problem is. Okay? And so now these these walking doctors, family doctors... Again, it's their job to triage something. They, they're they not experts on everything. You, healthcare has specialties for a reason because you can't be an expert on every single joint, on every single type of disease and whatever. So their job is to triage it. They send you for an x-ray, the x-ray comes back and they say, ah, it looks pretty good. Um, you know, maybe go get some therapy. Here's some medication for the pain and see how you do. Yeah. Most, you know, sometimes people will or will not follow through with that therapy. They will or will not f- follow through with the medication. Their symptoms keep getting worse now we're six months down the line uh they finally start to notice hey this is getting worse uh they go back to the family doctor family doctor finally says you know what let's send you to a specialist you end up going to a specialist who um will see you and say okay you know they'll send you for an mri some type okay. of more specialized imaging to really assess not to mention the physical exam that that specialist is going to do is going to be second to no one else in terms of doing an, a physical exam on the knee and then they may find something there and they may tell you, you know, you have to do this type of uh, this amount of therapy or you may need surgery. But what's happened there is in that six months, you've created a chronic issue. Yes. And we've gone through this a million times about how chronicity affects your prognosis in the absence of a physical problem. You can you can fix that physical issue in the knee, but then there's that neuropathic pain. What happens there? So one of the things that I've worked on tremendously this year because of how chronic knee issues can get is now you don't have to wait for that process. If you are having knee pain, this is simple, very, very simple, if you're having knee pain, Call me. We're gonna go through a checklist. As long as you qualify through that checklist, I will get you in to see a specialist cool. immediately. That's when I say immediately, I mean like one or two weeks, not, not six months, seven months. You are gonna see a specialist covered through OHIP. There's the other thing. Brilliant covered through OHIP. You're gonna see a specialist. They're gonna take a look at your issue, and we'll keep talking about this after the break.
0: One eight five 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 Dr. Lou D R L O U. That is the number you want to call if that's your situation. Info at paincarecanada.com. And of course, phone lines are open, right? till noon yeah i got a question about your health your pain bring it on we'd love to hear from you and discuss it 416-870-6400 star 640 on your cell dr pain show global news radio 640 toronto it is 11 13 saturday morning here Yeah, phone lines are over you want to call in talk to dr lou you got pain you have concerns bring them on love to talk to you so this new initiative sounds fantastic
1: yeah so let, let's keep talking about this because i kind of want to hammer this into everybody so Again, if you have a knee issue, whether this is something that started yesterday or it's been going on for a number of months, don't wait. This is very, very simple. Give me a call, 1 55 D R L O U. Leave me a voicemail um, with a number to call you back or send me an, an email at info at paincarecanada.com. From there, I'm going to get in touch with you. We're going to have a conversation with looking for some exclusion criteria because not everyone will qualify for this program, but we have to go through that. Um, the vast majority of people with knee complaints will qualify. Gotcha. If you qualify, you don't have to even come see me. The conversation is done because I'm not a knee specialist. If I see somebody um, with a knee issue, I basically assess it, determine what the issue is, and then send it off. This So this is uh, the conversation ends with me, and then you're in to see a specialist. Probably within, within I would say, at least two weeks, if not much earlier, a few days. So this is very, very simple. It's covered by OHIP. There's no fee. You call me, it's free. There's no fee. Um, we just simply go through this criteria to see if you qualify for this, and you get in to see a specialist right away so that you're properly managed. See, the, the issue and with healthcare and a lot of these things is people end up getting worse because it takes a long time to figure out the issue. And again, once you're taking too long to figure out an issue, you're developing chronicity. That issue is not going to get better on its own. It's, in fact, probably going to get worse. And then even in the absence of a physical problem, that's when we have chronic pain, neuropathic pain, where your brain has created a pathway to feel Tough. that. It's like the phantom limb pain that we've gone through a lot of times. So this is this is something we're starting specifically with the knee right now. Um It may very well expand depending on how it goes into other joints, shoulder, uh, neck, low back, different type areas that you will be able to get assessed right away. But I think if you're someone, you're listening, you have knee pain, you know somebody that has knee pain. Just simply give me a call. It's, it's going to be very, very simple to determine if you uh, qualify for this program. If you do, you're going to be in to see a specialist very, very quickly, and they will help manage your issue. And And the reason why we're doing this is so that you have a better chance of getting better. If you were yep. playing a sport this week, you were out you know, playing pickup hockey or whatever, and you twist your knee, don't wait. Those are the ones that are the early meniscus tears or the early ACL tears that if you treat those immediately – you will be better, but once you wait and you let it become chronic, that's when it becomes much, much harder to treat. So even if you've been in the system and you're still waiting, trying to wait to see somebody about
0: that nagging knee issue, don't wait anymore. Just simply give us a call. God, a couple of weeks is nice. That's good. It's like living in America minus the OHIP. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> uh, but you know, this is a special initiative that uh, we're trying to run. Um, and again all with the intent of improving people's outcomes, because this is the problem. When people have to wait too long, see this is, it's interesting that you bring up the U.S. A lot of people here in Canada specifically will sit here and will say how bad the U.S. healthcare system is. Mm When you actually look at the outcomes of patients, I do agree that there is an issue with the American system because of accessibility, so that if you don't have insurance, you're not treated as well as someone who does have insurance or you have to spend all kinds of money. $7,000 deductibles. But, But everything else being equal, the accessibility of care in the U.S., Is incredible. If you need an MRI, you're getting that MRI the day after. You're not waiting here in Canada. We're sending people for MRIs. They may be waiting three, four months before they have an issue. Crazy. And again, that does not improve someone's outcomes. If we can't know right away what's going on, um, then we don't know how to treat it specifically. We we essentially take our best guess at it. Mm. And. Sometimes we're just recommending the wrong things for these people. Um, and so it's very, very important that, you know, this model start to change. And it's going to take more initiatives like this to really help the system. Because, you know, face it, we're a public health care system. So we're always going to be... Um, You know, there's always going to be some lapses in terms of accessibility Mm -hmm. because it's public. Everyone has the same access. Now, I think that's great because it doesn't discriminate against someone who's very, very wealthy or someone who's very, very poor. Everybody in Canada gets the exact same care. And I think that that's great. I think that that's very important. But we do have a big issue with accessibility and how quickly people are getting um, these tests. And now, again, if you have something that's life threatening, there are ways to get people in quicker, but those times are reserved. And do you really need to have something that's life-threatening to get an MRI tomorrow? Like, Do you really yeah. want to have knee pain for the rest of your life and it affect the quality of your life? See, we have a pretty good system in terms of managing things from um, the quantity of life. So if you're life-threatening situation, we're going to get you in. We're going to fix you. But from a quality of life perspective, people are suffering. Cool. People yeah. are suffering. Interesting
0: angle. Yeah. And it's amazing. It just, I think it speaks to how severe knee injury, knee pain is for people that you've decided to focus on that specific joint the beginning yeah, thing right
1: the the other well then the thing about the knee is if you if you get it early the outcomes are really really good which is why we're going with the knee as this initial okay. program because if you can catch these things early and and someone who's um you know that's their specialty when they can look at it there's good research to suggest that the outcomes are better if the interventions are done sooner it's a simpler joint than a lot of the other joints that we deal with so we've talked a lot about shoulder and the spine these are very very complex issues Um, And so it's a little bit harder. But the knee is one of those things that if the accessibility was greater, which is what we're trying to do, then the outcomes for patients are going to be better because they're going to be seen sooner. There doesn't tend to be as much um, investigation needed with the knee because, again, it's a simpler joint than, say, something like the shoulder that's a ball and socket joint. The knee is a hinge joint. It moves two ways and that's it. And it's got a couple different structures that are very, very important. Versus when you look at the shoulder, it moves a lot of different ways. It's got a ton of different structures involved. It's often very hard to diagnose because a lot of it may be dependent on postural issues. Where again, the knee is simpler. But why wait if you've got a knee issue? Just simply get this it. This is going to be huge with
0: athletes, which is good.
1: Yeah, that's great. You know, right? that is kind of where we're looking for this too. Is is these people that have hurt themselves, the weekend warrior? Um, you know, one of the things is going to be this is going to be most beneficial for people. In acute situations. So if you've hurt your knee a very, very short time ago, this is really where you wanna take advantage of this. You bet. Um, you know, people that if you've had knee pain three, four years, you've already seen a surgeon. This may not be the the program, but we'll go through that. But definitely for anybody that's suffering from an acute injury, an acute knee injury, one hundred percent that this is the way to go. Give us a call.
0: It's new. Get it happening, 1-855-55, Dr. Lou D-R-L-U, or info at paincarecanada.com. And the phone lines are here open to the station as well. You have any questions about this service or any pain questions as well, bring them on till uh, till twelve o'clock today, Four one six eight seven zero. 6,400 star, 640 on your cell. It is a Dr. Pain Show. It's Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. eleven twenty-two Dr. Pain Show. If you aren't aware, we uh, do the show starting at 11 o'clock each Saturday morning now, which is uh, probably more congruent with your uh, Saturday morning lifestyle, so we're glad to present it to you. Well, what uh, that also forward, does is yep. it
1: allows me, so now every other Saturday I'm also going to be in the clinic doing assessments. We had one of the reasons for doing this was so I could finish a little bit earlier so there's uh, greater access uh, to even see me from that standpoint. Folks
0: can meet the celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> it's out of control. We'll get to uh, a phone call here. Got uh, Indy. Hello there. Uh, good morning, guys. How you doing? Good, brother. What is happening?
2: Yeah. So about maybe fifteen years ago, I had surgery on my uh, one on my feet. I have a flat foot, mm-hmm. so they actually actually fused a couple of joints in there. Okay. So I don't even know the doctor who did it. So I've kind of lost track. I'm trying to see the baseline, like the actually they had at that time, right? And kind of. So I have maybe some knee problems right now. So I'm not sure where to start. Uh, like other doctors, I don't know if they'll look at it and, and compare the old results somehow.
1: So, what's the bigger concern right now—the the foot or the knee?
2: Well, what? A- it's the knee also, but the foot also, like I wear orthotics. Right. But I don't know if it's gotten worse over mm-hmm. the years since I had that surgery or something changed maybe in the foot.
1: Yeah, so so from the foot perspective, that's absolutely something that I could assess and and we could, you know, take x-rays and just kind of see, Um, right. you know, anytime there's fusion that happens anywhere in the body, um, yeah. the unfortunate reality about fusion is it does tend to cause greater wear and tear as time goes on, which yeah. means greater chance of arthritis and things like that happening. So right. maybe that's a potential if you've been having more issues. Now, the other thing that happens with fusion is you limit mobility. When you limit mobility, that will have an effect on other joints. Um, and maybe it's why you're having knee pain. And as that, you know, mobility is limited and the knee starts to move a different way, maybe you've injured something in your knee as well as not necessarily just out of nowhere, but as a sequelae of that foot issue. So right. um, I think there's two parts there. I think number one, it would be good to see me for the foot issue. And okay. you'd also be someone who would likely be a candidate for the knee clinic that I was just speaking about to get the oh, knee yeah. assessed. Because, um, you know, the reality is if your knee is if your foot is fused, there's not going to be much in the way you can't really unfuse it or anything yeah, like yeah. that. So you're going to have to almost deal with the other issues that happen as a result of that fusion in the knee. Um, And, you know, you may very well have a meniscus issue going on, maybe an ACL issue, or maybe nothing. Maybe it's just muscular, but that's the advantage of this program is you can get in, be seen right away by a specialist, and determine is this something uh, that needs further investigation, or, or are you overall good, and maybe it's just some exercises and things like that that need to be done.
2: Yeah, and that stems to the back like the pain as well, too. Like it's, all, it's all
1: related. Well, the, yeah, you know, that old, uh, the knee bone is connected to the hip bone. That is yeah. all very true. Our body, people, you know, there's a lot of different schools of thought, but some people think that everything stems from the feet. Some people think everything stems from the neck. Uh, right. You know, whichever way it is, I, I don't know. The research is, is mixed on it. What I can tell you is that, that I do know is that the body is absolutely related. So once you have something going on in one area, you will likely have issues in other areas. When I was a child, I had a, a hip, a congenital hip issue and it's right. affected my spine my neck my knees so it's all you know that is likely the root cause for me but that doesn't mean that my issues have only stayed in my hip i've I've gotten issues everywhere else so um okay. and because of the very reason that everything's just simply connected
2: is it worthwhile for me to go try to dig up the old x-rays that were done after the surgery or that help at all? or no? Yeah,
1: that, that could. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would give us a, a, at least some type of a baseline to compare to. This is something um, that I will often do with people that I see um, that I think may need you know, some type of replacement surgery, whether it's the knee or the hip long-term, even when someone is young, like I've seen people who are 30 years old and I start to feel that there's some restriction in motion. And I'll Mm -hmm. say, you know, let's send you for an x-ray. I don't, it's not because I think we're gonna see anything really special Today, But what does become important is, you know, every 5, 10 years you can take another x-ray and if people's symptoms are worsening but their x-rays look the same, well then likely the reason for the worsening symptoms is not the change in the bone. But if people's symptoms are worsening and the changes in the bone are also worsening, then you can make a correlation there and that's when you can determine... when something like a, a knee replacement or hip replacement is more warranted or will have a better outcome because you can almost deduct that, yes, a lot of the increased pain is due to the increased degenerative changes.
0: Appreciate that. Call Andy again, one eight five 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 five. 855 55 drlou to get that happening. Anthony, good morning or afternoon I- almost. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's different good. for us good. now. Right? We have to usually say, yeah, I good know. morning. How are you, pal? I'm good, thanks. Good, what's happening?
3: I just have a question. I'm Two or three years, I've been getting this tingling feeling in sole of my feet, and it's sometimes in the wintertime you always feel like it's cold. Mm-hmm. I had some tests done, and they say everything is fine, the nerves are fine, everything, but it's, I still get this thing, and it's, it doesn't hurt, it's mm-hmm. annoying,
1: right? Yeah, I actually had a patient similar. Not exactly the same, but a kind of a similar story that you're telling me, where um, she develops numbness and tingling in her feet. She obviously, anytime there's a neurological symptom like numbness, tingling, pins and needles, weakness, whatever the symptom may be, um, the most important thing is to make sure that there's no true nerve damage. With different types of tests, EMG studies, nerve conduction studies, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. A lot of the times, these things come back, but people and they come back normal, but people still, such as yourself, will have numbness and tingling. Um, One thing that can happen that I explained to this lady, and I don't know that if this is the same situation as you, but I just think it's an important thing to highlight. When you look at the nervous system in the body, the nervous system in terms of a structure perspective is not... All that different from a tree where, you know, the base of the tree is very big and then as you get towards the smaller uh, the branches, they become smaller. The nervous system is the same where, you know, the nerve, like for example, the sciatic nerve has a pretty good diameter to it. It's probably the thickness of one of our fingers. Um, but then once you get towards the hands and the feet, the peripheries of our bodies, the nerves, especially the ones that supply the skin... Uh, are going to be very, very small, you know, sometimes the size of the tip of a pen, so extremely tiny. Um, And different things, pressure from different footwear that we may be wearing, socks that we may be wearing, tight pants, whatever it may be, there's a lot of different things that can put pressure on these what's called cutaneous nerves, nerves that supply the sensation of the skin. And when you have pressure on these things, then you can sometimes get numbness and tingling. Now, you know, the, the next question becomes, well, why doesn't that happen to everybody? And this is the issue of some people, for whatever reason, we don't know why, just have a much more sensitive nervous system. And this is often when we talk about fibromyalgia, um, is that some people due sometimes to psychological issues, social issues, stress, other traumas, whatever, we don't know for sure. Um, just have a more sensitive nervous system. And when you have that more sensitive nervous system, the slightest type of stimulus of some sort, like a sock, like a shoe, can create these symptoms that maybe someone who doesn't have the the same sensitivity will not feel. So Um, You know, and again, that's not me saying that that is your issue. It's just me Mm -hmm. highlighting a story with numbness and tingling when there's no neurological damage that's identified. Mm -hmm. But Anthony, like I usually tell people that have this type of issue, the most important thing, if you really want my best opinion is come in, let me do an assessment. Um, we can go through everything, review everything, and then I can make an appropriate recommendation as to what you could be doing to get better.
0: Anthony, one eight five 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 five, Doctor Lou, D R L O U, info at paincarecanada.com. Your phone calls as well. Open phone lines at eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell. Till uh, 12 o'clock, our new time, from 11 till noon here. The Dr. Pain Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto, 1132. Yeah, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. This is the number you want to call. You have pain concerns, questions, you want to talk to uh, Dr. Lou. He is here to answer them. Tom, good morning.
2: Uh, Hi, good morning, guys. What's going on? Uh, Thanks for taking my call. I noticed about a year or two ago I was having some problem in my neck. If I'm in a, my head is in a reclined position and I shrink it, I'm hearing a loud popping noise from my neck mm-hmm. um, at the back. Okay. And, uh, I, I mentioned this to my doctor about a year ago and he told me it may be like an air pocket. Yep. But it seems to be getting louder and uh, more frequent. Okay. So I'm not sure if you have any thoughts about what might be causing
1: that, um, what I should do after practice. Yeah, I, I, overall, it's a very good question. I actually get asked often about different noises that people hear in different parts of the body. Um, wow. And, you know, it's always up to how someone interprets what they hear. May not, But, you know, just as a general perspective, a true pop, like when someone like, quote-unquote cracks their fingers. That yeah. type of pop is a release of nitrogen. All it really is is you have an enclosed environment and uh-huh. you're increasing the area of that environment. So bubbles are created to accommodate for that increase. It's just it's just physics. And so mm-hmm. those bubbles have to pop. Um, and so that's what that type of sound is. Sometimes people will have a snapping sound. Snapping uh-huh. could be where a muscle might be going over a certain piece uh-huh. of bone. kind of like if I snap my finger. A snap. Um, Sometimes people can feel like or hear a crunching, which we would call crepitus. That's often a sign of arthritis where things are just becoming really ugly in there. And a lot of times that crepitus is what people will say about their knees. Like, I feel my knees crunching. Right. So it really depends on exactly what the sound is. Um, Could indicate the, the different things that could be causing that sound, obviously in the neck most commonly i would say and again this is not me saying that this is you for sure but yeah. most commonly i would say that it's it's the nitrogen right yeah. similar to popping uh the the cracking the knuckles where there's a release of nitrogen uh okay. bubbles in the joint that creates that noise that often now the question becomes why is that happening more more often to to you the neck is made up of tons of different joints it's not again it's not like the knee where it's only one joint every single segment of the neck has two or three different joints Uh when things are restricted in a certain area in the spine so if you have an area where there's some type of stiffness let's just hypothetically assuming in your upper back what ends up happening is your body compensates for that and will create an area of more mobility maybe in the neck maybe in the low back as Uh that happens now your joints are more predisposed to going beyond what's called their physiological range. Once that happens, that's when you take that joint into a bigger space and when you get that release of of, um, of nitrogen that creates that quote-unquote pop sound. So that's typically what can happen. So I would say, again, the best option is I would need to assess it to be absolutely certain about what is creating the popping noise. Is it something to be concerned about? Maybe, maybe not. It, it really depends. If we if we just determine that, yeah, this is just simple popping, it just sometimes will happen as we get older, then it's not really that big of a deal. If the popping is associated with some type of pain, maybe that becomes a little more significant, um, you know, and so we can go from there. But I definitely think getting it investigated is most important because it's likely, again, not going to get better on its own, and sometimes these Issues are a hint of bigger problems maybe about to happen later on. So uh, I think it's worth at least having an assessment to determine what is exactly causing that popping sound in your neck.
2: Okay, so what should I do? Then contact your
1: office and. Uh... Yeah, I've got your number here. I see it here. I I get the call sheet every
0: week, and uh, I'll give you a call, and we can connect and set something up. And moving forward, Tom, on your end, it's one eight five 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 five. Doctor Lou D R L O U info at paincarecanada.com. Again, if you've didn't catch the beginning of the show, if you're suffering some knee issues. Right away, contact you because you can expedite that a little well, quicker. Well,
1: right? let's even start more basic. Anything you're suffering from, contact me. Right. Um, I had someone contact me yesterday about an abdominal issue. It was an email saying that they've been having some diarrhea, this and that. Now, I don't deal in that realm, but I still suggested what he should do. Sure. I sent back an email. So why not contact me, right? If it's something that I can help with or my team can help with, I will let you know. If I don't think I can help you with it, then I'm just... At least sometimes people will call me and say, hey, here's my issue. Here's my issue. Here's who I've seen. Here's who I'm about to see. Uh, And I simply say, you're on the right course. You're doing the right things. Continue. If things change, give me a call back. So uh, I think, number one, if you have any type of pain issue, give me a call uh, because it's free. It's a free consultation. You're going to have a conversation with me. I'm at the very least going to reassure you with what you're doing or point you in the right direction or suggest you come in to see me for an assessment. If you're having knee pain, our new program that we were talking about, Absolutely. Give me a call because as long as you qualify, I will get you in to see a specialist in a very, very short period of time. And that will increase the likelihood that you're going to get better sooner. Your outcome is going to be better because you're going to see somebody sooner and it's covered through OHIP. And cut down on the chronicity. Like and said, cut down on the chronic, chronic city, there is no charge for pain, that. no pun intended, right? That's right. When when sometimes with other issues, like let's say a neck issue, somebody calls, free consultation, they have to come in to see me, there is a fee for that when they see me. But for the knee stuff, there's no fee. 100% covered by OHIP, just simply give us a call and we can uh, we can see if you qualify for that program.
0: It's a busy time of year for you. It yes. really is, yeah, right?
1: Yeah, we're trying a lot of new things this year and we'll probably be rolling out uh, some new programs, but... I think the big thing here, in and 2017, um, actually in the last, it was incredible through the holidays. The the calls were down a little bit that I was getting, but obviously because of the holidays, we were busy. The last two weeks has been absolutely insane because one thing is people, a lot of New Year's resolutions is people want to get healthier, um, and when you've been maybe unhealthy for the last part of a year or for a whole year or maybe years leading up, and you start trying to get back to eating healthy, being active, things can go wrong in your body. Right, our body is 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 a is a. <laughs> It, it wants homeostasis. It wants the same thing. Once it gets used to one thing, it wants to stay there. So if you've been lazy for six, seven months, guess what? Your body still wants to be lazy. Um, and if you've been really, really active, your body wants to stay really, really active. But with the New Year's resolutions, when people go from um, not having done very much for a few few months, maybe yeah. a year, and all of a sudden they have this New Year's resolution that they want to get healthy again, they want to get back into the gym, they want to do different things, want to play different sports, they hurt themselves. Yeah, and, and they're out, and they're out, and yep. that, and that's usually what ends up um, breaking someone's New Year's resolution is that they've hurt themselves. If you've hurt yourself, don't wait. Don't. That's not just going to get better on. Especially as you get older and older, these things. I don't know if people have gotten. Um, You know what I've been trying to say over the last year and a half on the show, but things won't just get better on their own. It does not happen. It may disappear for a period of time, but I guarantee you that any injury that's significant enough that you sustain, even if you a couple months feel better, one day it will rear its ugly head again because it's just the reality. You've injured that area. It's never going to be the same. It's especially not going to be the same if you don't get it treated the, the right way. Our body has a way of healing. Um, in you know this was really good from an evolutionary perspective when we you know only had lifespans of thirty or forty years old because. You know even if we tore a muscle our body would lay down all this scar tissue would essentially you know duct tape job patch it right get off. You through it would get you through that 30 years no problem yeah. but now that we're living 70 80 years what happens that that tissue that's just that you know it's not built the same yeah. way as it was it's 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 healed in what's called yeah. a haphazard manner with the proper treatment interventions early you can actually make the body heal the proper way sometimes with therapy we'll induce what's called micro trauma so when we find scar tissue things like that we actually traumatize the area again mm. in order to help it heal a more proper way.
0: It's like increasing your warranty. Greg would be happy.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like an extended <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> warranty for your body
0: coming to see you.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: One eight five 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 five. Doctor Lou drlu uh, info at paincarecanada.com. And your phone calls wide open. Give us a call, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Dr. Pain Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. It is 1142. The Dr. Pain Show right over to the phones. Mike, thanks for hanging in, fella. How are you?
4: I'm doing okay, guys. Uh, thanks for taking my call. No worries. I just wanted to ask a question. I, um, in November of 2017, I, uh, I suffered, um, I guess actually, yeah, it was, uh, November of 2016. I suffered a serious ankle injury a grade three ankle sprain, okay. um, playing basketball yeah. and, um, it took me almost, uh, about a year to recover. I, um, unfortunately got substandard care at the first physiotherapy clinic I went to. Um, uh-huh. and basically it took me over a year to finally recover, um, and my question was, due to the fact that I suffered a significant injury to a ligament, I want to obviously play basketball again because it's one of my passions. But realistically, I wanted an opinion of, like, am I at a higher risk of re-injury due to how significant the initial injury was? Mm-hmm. Because, frankly, I, I don't want to go through that pain and recovery again. So right. if the advice from the expert would be to probably – just stay away because my re-, re-, re um sorry, re injury risk is so high, then I'd probably listen to that. So wow. I haven't really got a clear answer from my the orthopedist and now it's to see him again would be a pain
1: so okay so number one a grade three uh, sprain or strain is a complete tear of something so really? grade one would be equivalent to you know like uh working out right that one or two days of soreness that you nice. gre- that you would get a grade two is going to be a little bit more severe where you maybe will get some swelling and bruising along with it and a grade three is an is a complete tear of something so um the good thing about completely tearing something is you can never completely tear it again so that that is right off the bat um you'll never re-injure that same one but you knew you likely i'm not sure but the most commonly torn ligament in the body is in the ankle it's called the atfl and i would assume was it an inversion where you rolled your foot inwards
4: it actually was outwards i was going side to side and i rolled it outwards i I didn't jump and land it was just simply going side to side when you
1: say rolled it outwards you so kind uh, of walk me through it so you rolled over onto the side of your foot kind of it's, it's kind of yeah. hard to do over. Yeah, yeah. So likely the ATFL, it's it's actually one of the most common basketball injuries too. Um, so you've likely, the, the thing with the ATFL is it just provides some stability to keep the ankle um, in not in inversion is essentially what it does. Now, the good thing about the foot is there's a lot of different muscles that come from the leg into the foot. And as long as you can rehabilitate those muscles really, really well, you can almost make up for the absence of uh, a ligament. Now, you know, your question about are you likely to re-injure an area, I can tell you, yes, the research was just simply answering based on research. Anytime you injure one area of your body, you are more likely to re-injure that area of your body. Absolutely. That's the same thing as if, um, you know, if someone who's had a heart attack is at a greater risk of another heart attack than someone who's not had a heart attack, um, because that's just the way our bodies work. Yeah. Um, now, does that mean that you should never, ever play basketball again? No. With the proper rehabilitation, maybe you might need some bracing while you're playing, like some type of a support. Um, I think you can definitely still play, but I would have to, again, assess it to be certain. I think it's worthwhile for you to come in to see me. Um, We can go through everything, take a look at it, and see what we can do so that we can get you playing Uh, basketball again. See, this is the big thing with injury and pain is that oftentimes, again, this is never going to affect the quantity of your life. You're not going to live 10 years less uh, because of your sprained ankle, but you are going to affect the quality of your life. Because if you love playing basketball, why shouldn't you be playing basketball? Should you maybe learn how to listen to your body? And maybe if it's really bad, you take that week or the next two weeks off? Yes. But this is the important thing with when you have a good practitioner a good healthcare team they will educate you on when you'll know when you should when you should not be playing when you should be doing therapy when it's reaggravated the home exercise you should be doing etc so um it is absolutely something worth taking a look at and it's you know there's always a way to get back to doing something because of all the things we have at our disposal especially for something like an ankle sprain because you can use bracing to help
0: support it um when you are playing that sport and the bright side is athletes are pretty diligent about getting better because like you said they love their sport so whatever i got to do i'm going to do absolutely almost to
1: almost to a fault because sometimes you have to tell an athlete they got to lay off and that's the worst thing yeah you can tell the average person to lay off there'll be no problem (laughs) they'll never do anything like you and i laying
0: off donuts it's not gonna happen it's not gonna happen (laughs) it's not gonna happen anytime (laughs) soon david how are you hey how you doing good pal what's up well
3: i was calling uh... We're going to go on this same ankle, uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: ankle training. It's ankle day. Um, no problem. It's,
3: it's ankle day. Um, so usually, it probably happens every few weeks or so, I'll be running up the stairs or something, and I feel my ankle go click. Okay. It's, al- it's always my left ankle, and then I feel like I've sprained it. I've got a hobble on it, and it lasts about 10, 15 minutes, and then I start to regain mobility in it, and then all of a sudden, it's like nothing happened.
1: Have you ever hurt that ankle before?
3: Oh, back in my teen years, so.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so, and did you, was there a more formal diagnosis at that time that you had, or just kind of you hurt your ankle and you left it?
3: It was, a, it was, a, they, they they said it was a sprain, they wrapped it up for me, you know, mm-hmm. rest, elevate, uh, take it easy for a while, and being 17, I probably rested and elevated for three or four days, and. Went right back out at it. And so
1: when you get that click, it, it then will prevent mobility in that foot? Am I am I it understanding?
3: It, yeah, it, it's it's really, like, it's very painful to walk. I can't put any weight on it. Mm-hmm. It's just sore.
1: Okay. Yeah, I mean, in all honesty, I'm not sure. I'm trying to think what could potentially cause that. I, I'm thinking of something. I don't know how likely it would be where maybe there's a bone that actually displaces, um, and then, you know, you wait a little bit, and it just kind of... Uh, gets put back into place on its own. That would be, I think, highly unlikely, though. But not, nothing that's highly unlikely is impossible. Um, right. I'd have to take a look at it, in all honesty. I'd have to see what's potentially causing that and um, the extent of the injury. You may need an ultrasound on that ankle or even an MRI just to kind of take a better look at those soft tissues to uh, determine what the issue is because, uh, I'm not,
0: in all honesty, I'm not sure.
3: All right. Well, perfect. I'll uh, yeah. I'll definitely have to give you a call. Sure. I have to call you about my knee, anyways.
0: Perfect. There you go. Dave, that'd be excellent. Again, uh, we'll take a short break. The number one eight five 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 five. Doctor 55 drlou D-R-L-O-U, info at paincarecanada.com. Get that assessment having, make the call. And call here as well until uh, you got about 10 more minutes to call through. Give or take 416-870-6400, star 640 on Dr. Pain Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. It is 1151. Your phone call's coming up here. Uh, assessments, let's talk about that, shall we? Yes, we shall. So, again, to
1: find out if you... You know, again, I'm going to do an assessment to somebody that I think that I should assess and that I could potentially help. So I don't, some people will call me and I'll simply say, no, you know, like this isn't something that I can deal with. Here's where you should be going. But um, anything that's kind of musculoskeletal, which means anything to do with muscles, nerves, the bones, the joints, pain in those areas, injuries in those areas, absolutely qualifies um, for an assessment. Um, And then that assessment is going to take... At least an hour. I, I budget about an hour and a half for everybody and I don't rush. I if it's gonna take longer, it's gonna take longer. There is a fee for that assessment. It's sixty-five dollars. Um, so you know, but I think it's well worth the price. It's not covered through OHIP. A big question that I ask get asked after the assessment when people get it is how much is treatment? And the answer really depends on what I believe the treatment should be. If you, for example, need to see a physiotherapist. then it will be through extended health care. If I think you need to go see a specialist, well, that's going to be covered through OHIP. If I think you need an injection or whatever it may be, it depends on really what the therapy is that I believe, and I'm going to make that um, based on evidence-based medicine. So what the best available research is, what I've seen clinically work, and what the patient wants. Because I could see a patient and I could say, you know what, the evidence suggests you should be getting an injection with this – The other people that I've had that have had injections for this really works well. But if that patient says, no, I don't want an injection, well, guess what? We're not doing an injection. Um, So that's really the way it works is it's really going to be based on... um, those three things, the best available research that we have in the literature, uh, clinical experience of the practitioner, which in this case is me, if you're seeing me, and then, and I and again, my my clinical experience, one thing that I really do, I don't want people to think that this is just based on what I've seen. I have rounds with all of my team, so I often will talk about a bunch of other cases. I have right. an advisory board of different types of healthcare professionals where I learn from what the latest research is, what they're seeing in clinical practice, and that's what I'm gonna bring into my decision-making um, and then again, whatever the patient also feels they agree with. And and oftentimes with therapy, it's not like I'm telling a patient, here is what you have to do, this is the only thing. It's often a list of a few things. Here's what you could do, here's another thing you could do, and here's another thing you could do. And based on what I think, you know, option A is going to likely help the most. Option B will also be really good, but may not, you know, may take longer. Um, and option three, whatever it may be. Uh, and the important thing here is that, the other thing that I think people really um, have enjoyed about the care that I provided is I tend to be really honest. If there's if you're at the end of the line and there's nothing that can be done, I'm unfortunately going to have to tell you that too. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say, yeah, there's some magic thing out there. There are some people who have literally tried everything, literally everything. Yeah. It's rare. Not Not many people have tried everything, but there are a few people that I've seen that have tried absolutely everything. They continue to do everything and they still have that issue. And then at that point, it's like, This is a management issue. This is something that you're going to have to uh, manage. You know, a lot of the times, I also see a lot of people who haven't had the formal diagnosis of something like fibromyalgia, but in all honesty, is likely what it is. So, again, fibromyalgia just meaning widespread pain. Some people, like I said, just have a very sensitive nervous system. They have heightened sensitivity for whatever Mm -hmm. reason. Sometimes it's due to psychosocial issues that they may have. Sometimes it's due to previous injuries. Um, Sometimes it's due to other comorbidities, whatever it may be. I will have that conversation. A lot of people come into me and say, you know, here's my issue. I have this hip issue that's been going on. I've seen this. I've seen that. They've all said it's fine. Saw somebody, they told me I have fibromyalgia, And, and conversation ends there. They don't really understand what fibromyalgia means. Once you can educate somebody on what it means to have a heightened nervous system, nobody walks out of my office saying, no, this is absolutely wrong. In fact, most people will end up saying, wow, you've nailed it on the head. That's exactly the way it is. It really comes down to taking the time to explain things to people, to educate them, to empower them, to make them understand. And a big part of what I do is... Why I budget that much time with people is is because that last half an hour is usually just spent having a conversation about exactly what the issue is. My biggest goal is that by the time you leave the office with me, I want to make sure that you understand exactly what I've said is potentially wrong with you or what's going on. I need you to understand because the research is pretty consistent with this that – Education and empowerment really helps with people's prognosis and it helps them to understand and they start to feel better right away just because they understand the amount of people that I've seen that have been told like, you know, they have spinal stenosis. The first thing I always ask is, do you know what that is? No, No, no one's ever told me. And you know it's it once you say oh I'm going to go do my own research it's not the same. It's not the same as someone who can break it down into not. its simplest pieces and make someone understand and once people understand they're like okay I get it. And in understanding you will also the big thing about understanding is you'll do the things that are right for that condition and yeah. you'll avoid the things that are wrong. And a lot of the times people don't know and it's and it's easier to understand something than to memorize. For example, if I have a patient who has spinal stenosis Um, And I have to tell them, you know, avoiding flexion is bad if they don't understand why they're just memorizing that versus if they can appreciate why, if I can show them the anatomy of the spine and make them realize why flexion is better. Sorry, I don't can't remember if I said better or worse, why it's better. They will then understand. And now if you understand, you don't have to memorize and it just becomes inherently part of your day to day life.
0: Should mention as well that when it comes to assessments, it's not just within the four one six of Toronto. You got a network all over the all place. All over. Right? So, so yeah, don't the, worry. The, Kilometers the, is not a concern, you, right?
1: Exactly. If you want to see me, I practice out of one area. I am working on. Um, Some new things for this year to maybe get me in uh, some other areas throughout the month. Uh, But for now, I I do my assessment in one area. But if you call me and you say, listen, I I really would love to see you, but I can't get out to where you are. No problem. I can get one of my colleagues to assess you. A lot of people just want to end up seeing me for the assessment. That doesn't mean I can't find someone to assess you closer to where you are. And if that's your preference, then just let me know.
0: So before we go, describe the knee thing again so people know. And number two, we're always going to be on at 11 o'clock now. Number th- so, yeah, we're so. on at 11 o'clock. Our
1: new initiative uh, with the knee the knee clinic is if you've got a knee issue, give us a call. You're going to have a conversation with me. We're going to go through an inclusion exclusion criteria. As long as you qualify, you will. I will then send you to see a knee specialist. This is a a, a knee specialist, a medical doctor, a surgeon. It's covered through OHIP. You will get the right care right away. You don't have to wait months and months to see the right person for your issue.
0: Moving forward, one Doctor 55 drlou Get that consultation happening. Get it happening when you can. Don't live with the pain. Get it uh, Get it worked out as soon as you can. Info at paincarecanada.com. Again, the new show time. Uh, moving forward, always going to be 11 o'clock on your Saturday morning. So we'll see you next week uh, right here in the Dr. Payne Show. This is Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.